How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo, and I want to thank all of my brand new listeners out there. We get new ones all the time. I get emails uh, constantly from people who just discovered the show and reach out to thank me for uh, you know letting you guys eavesdrop on some of the conversations that uh, I'm having and recording on this podcast. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are not really familiar with the show and who just started to tune in, uh, this is my platform to just have these conversations, conversations that I'd want to have anyway with people that I want to talk to about topics I want to discuss. And three years ago, actually three and a half years ago, I decided to record them and put it out as this podcast uh, for you guys. But I want you to understand that every single episode that I'm doing are conversations that are very selfish and self-serving because these are people I want to talk to because I know that there's uh, insights, wisdom, guidance that I can use in my own business that my clients, my companies, and my friends can use as well. But I love sharing it with you and I love hearing your feedback and I love getting iTunes reviews, obviously, also self-serving. But the emails that I receive, by the way, that email address is askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com where you can feel free to give uh, you know, questions, guest uh, suggestions, topic suggestions, or just have me clarify some of the things that I've talked about on previous shows. So you can always reach out to me at any time during the show. I will repeat that e- email address at the end, but today I want to dive in with my guest, Mitch Russo. So real quick backstory is a few weeks ago, I was a quote unquote icon of influence. It said so on the badge, so it must be true (laughs) at Steve Ulcher's New Media Summit. And at this summit, I got to meet Mitch Russo, my guest today. And I was really impressed by just the quick conversation we had and the, you know, his background. So, you know, going back to 1985, Mitch co-founded a company called Time Slips Corporation, which grew to become the largest time tracking software company in the world. And then in 1994, he sold it to Sage. Sage is a very big software company. And um, Mitch later went on to join both Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes to create Business Breakthroughs International, a very large company serving thousands of businesses a year with coaching, consulting, and training services. And Mitch was the president and CEO of Tony and Chet's company. Now, after the untimely death of Chet, which I remember just a few years ago, Mitch left Business Breakthroughs to help others build their business as a consultant specializing in building certified consulting and certified coaching organizations, which we're going to get into this concept of certification and why it's such a, uh, a powerful path to profits. And he works with call centers of large volume lead flow and helping coaching organizations scale, which is a very very important topic these days because a lot of coaches just get into it and they end up either thinking it's going to be a great lifestyle business or they or they grow to death and they just can't handle their clients and they neglect their marketing and uh, obviously Mitch is a guy who's figured it out. By the way, a couple of years ago he published a, an incredible book. I 
downloaded it and started going through it this morning called The Invisible Organization, which is the CEO's guide to building a fully virtual organization. So there's the intro. Let's get into the into the conversation. Mitch, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm just great, Brad, and I'm so thrilled to be on your show. I really appreciate you inviting me. Well, it's uh, it's going to be fun. As I said, you uh, you've done some stuff at uh, at levels that I, I know a lot of people uh, just are aspiring to do so at working both in your own company and with you know such luminaries in this in this field such as Chet and Tony that mm-hmm. I knew that you'd have a lot to talk about. So, and there is so much that we could talk about. So my only question is, what's the secret? And no, I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that. Can't tell you Don't that. be silly. So, I, you know, a lot of podcasts, a lot of episodes will, you know, tell me your entire journey, tell me your entire backstory. And, you know, I'm really interested in that. Maybe one of these days we can sit down and have a beer about the entire journey and how you got there. But, mm-hmm. I value this time with you. I'm going to ask some. I'm going to start asking some meaty questions and and give some people some epiphanies. Is that cool? Okay, awesome. sure. Cool. So you started. You started uh, working with this. I guess this kind of goes back to the journey a little bit. But you've been working in the whole coaching and personal development and professional development world for about how long now? Well, I mean, if you go back to my software company, I mean that's what we were doing all along. So it's got to be. 20, 25 years. Okay, fantastic. And I read this in your book. Now, did you do this with the software company? Because you talk a lot about how different software companies can utilize a certification program to add a new profit center to their um, to their people and to create, what did you say, like creating experts, turning clients into experts? You talked about exactly. that in your book. Yeah. So expound on that a little bit because this is, by the way, for my listeners, this is going to affect not just people who are in the coaching and professional development world, but if you have a software. So I'll let you kind of take it from there and give me the uh, give me the gist. Sure. So what it, I discovered this process uh, by um, almost by accident uh, back in my software company when I was running Time Slips Corporation. And what ended up happening, and I'll, I'll try and condense it, it's a bit of a long story, but mm-hmm. here's what happened. Um, we were growing so fast that we could not keep up with support. And we had a support center with about 40, 50 people taking support calls all the time. Uh, one in particular, one person, very influential person about to review our software for the, I think it was the Los Angeles Bar Association, called up and said, your software stinks, it crashed my computer, I hate you guys, and I want my money back, and I'm gonna write a terrible review, and blah, blah, blah. So that call got routed to me. And now I'm on the phone, and I'm listening to this person, and I'm realizing that something went wrong, I, the software is fine, it's being used by 100,000 people at the time. So, so I said, look, I'm gonna send somebody to your office to fix you, your, your program, so just hold on, let me get you some help. Now, I didn't have anybody on the West Coast. We were still a little company, under five million at the time. And so what I did is I, I had this inspired thought. I said, maybe I can call my friend Anne, who is a legal secretary and a master at time slips. And from a quick check, she's about 10 minutes away. So I called Anne, I said, Anne, would you mind going over to this person's office and helping her? And, you know, tell me what you need. I'll do anything. And she was just so thrilled that I asked. And, oh, Mitch, I'd love to do that favor for you. Well, okay, fine. Anyway, she goes over there. And now it's like I'm biting my nails, dying to find out what happened. Four hours go later, go by. And and 
I get a phone call from Ann and she says, oh, it's all set. She just didn't do something with the database the right way. And uh, we reformatted her database and uh, loaded her client list and everything is running great. I said, Ann, thank you so much. And then Ann said to me the words that changed my life. She says, oh, and the best part, she gave me a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> and I said, Ann, that's so wonderful. And here comes the magic words. And if you want me to do this for any more of your clients, you let me know. And I had this realization, how many ands could I actually have doing this for my clients? So in that moment, I started to mull it over and I started to formulate a plan. And I ended up building a, a very brief training program and a test to see how many people could actually qualify. And we had uh, started to sell that. And we got it out there and it was starting to work. People were getting help. But there was a dark side to this story. We didn't do a very good job of qualifying. And some of those people really screwed up when they went into my client's offices. And it got to the point where it became so bad that I had to shut down the program. And um, Yeah, these are the consult. You're saying you didn't do a good job of qualifying these consultants. That's right. Yeah, because that was I actually just wrote that down, which is the very first um but what about question I had was what about like brand protection because they can I mean if you bring the wrong people in to represent your company and they don't work for you, it can really I mean it can do massive damage to your brand. So I'm sure that this is something that you've worked with over the years. Well, yeah, I mean I was pretty inexperienced at the time and I was trying to find a quick solution. But I, I recalled the whole program. I shut it down completely. I then called every person who had a problem and I tried to understand exactly what went wrong in their office. And they, they helped me and I was able to rebuild the program six months later. And that program was now so really well constructed that it scaled to 350 certified consultants. And if you read the book, you probably read that it became my third largest sales channel, generated millions of dollars, uh, uh, decreased my support expenses by 20%. And I ended up building a group of super loyal people who became friends for life and friends of the company. Mm -hmm. That's, That's a, the story of certification. That's amazing. And, you know, I see a lot of people, no, I mean, I see it because I've just plugged into this world. I see a lot of people coming out with certification programs now and a lot of people saying, oh, you, it's like, like it's the new thing. But, I mean, you've been doing it, working with these, probably pioneering it for, uh, you know, a couple decades, it sounds like. What do you think, where do you, do you think that there is um, a bigger opportunity I don't even know if this is the right question I want to ask. Or I was going to say, is there a bigger opportunity on the on the companies who are selling software solutions, et cetera, or where you know, kind of in the world of coaching and people who are working and consulting and people working with clients, are you are you kind of focusing your area on one area, particular path or the other? No, okay. uh, the fact that it's a great opportunity for lots of different types of companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've spoken to people who had credit card processing companies and wanted to set up certification. I've spoken to people who have coaching and training and consulting organizations. And certainly I speak to software companies regularly. So it's pretty universal. Do you find, do you find that they have much reticence and reluctance to, to do this? Does it take much convincing because it's a little bit out of the box for them? 
I try to convince them to not do it first, mm -hmm. to see if they have the fortitude. Because here's the thing, this is not easy. Right. And while <laughs> I understand the process and I can guide my clients through it, which is what my job is, um, some people give up because they just don't have the time and they don't have the fortitude to create the level of training, for example, that I demand before a program is released. Okay. What? So what are some of those big areas? Like, the, Okay, so creating the time and energy to create that quality training. What are some of the other hard parts that, that somebody has to navigate if they really want to go into this in the right way? Well, the first thing that happens with any client is I... I set aside two hours and we share a screen and I build a two-dimensional model of their current business. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is because what we're looking for are opportunities where certification can make a huge difference in their current business. So that takes a couple of hours to do. And then at the end of that, in session two, what we do is we just decide that we have the business model right. And now we start thinking through what it would take to launch it and we come up with a launch strategy and then I provide my clients with the launch scripts so that they could record them. What so, does what does a, a launch of something that like that from a 30,000 foot view what does that kind of look like? like let's say that I've got a company and we, we'll just say it's a software company or a mm -hmm. service-based company and I want to and I've got my certification training materials and everything ready and I'm ready to bring it to the market what's that what's that typically look like? It's it's pretty standard looking. It looks like a Jeff Walker launch. It's okay. basically three videos, an application process. They pay a few hundred dollars to apply, um, and at that point, we're not selling anything. We're we're basically allowing people into the program who are a fit. Perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm really familiar with uh, you know in in more recent times some of the companies on the SaaS level who've done this really well. Yep. Um, you know, Infusionsoft. Like yep. instead of, ha you know, you don't call, I mean, Infusionsoft has support, but if you want real expert support, there's all these certified partners, which is right. genius because obviously they're going to go out and recommend Infusionsoft. ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson's yep. company, yep. doing a great job of that. I know digitalmarketer.com mm -hmm. has their certification. So a lot of companies are starting to do this and it's not, you know, it's SaaS, it's education companies, um, it's coaches. So, you, you know, when you were working with uh, Tony and Chet, so explain for uh, you know my listeners' benefit what business breakthroughs was. What was the business model there? It was a it was an interesting, wonderful business model that worked really really well. Okay. Here's what here's what we did. Tony, Chet, and I got on the phone every Thursday night for months to figure out exactly what we would sell, exactly how we would operate, and exactly how we were going to make money. And what we came up with was we were going to launch the company with an event. And we brought 500 people to Las Vegas to the Mirage Hotel, I believe. And we basically recorded about 60 hours of content. And it wasn't just Chet and Tony. It was 15 other brilliant people, including Jay Abraham and, and others. And what we then did is we went back home after that event was over, which, by the way, was very successful. It made us a lot of money. But we then took that content and we built the uh, ultimate business mastery system out of that content. So we used the live event to create the content. We then created these, we'll call a home study program from it. 
Okay, so yeah. people would get just just jumping in here. So people would get when they signed up, they would get obviously the recordings from the event, but then they would get supplemental materials, homework, study materials as well. Correct? Yes. Cool. We built we built entire training programs from many of the videos. Great. So that box when it arrived was about twenty pounds, and mm. it was filled with binders and DVDs, and we even included an MP3 player. I mean, it was it was overwhelming it was a lot of stuff in there so mm -hmm. what so here's the model we got on the radio and this is where i got to learn how to really really optimize radio we got on the radio we started out by spending about twenty-five thousand a, a month on radio and we drove people to a phone number the phone number was answered by a virtual call team of which the systems behind that were we had to build ourselves and then once those calls were answered we needed to close them on a $239 webinar, which then led to the sale of this home study product for about $4,000. Okay. Now, once they bought the home study program, we gave them four free coaching sessions with the home study program. That allowed us at that point to make sure that we didn't get a return, make sure the client was getting immediate benefit from the product, and introduce them to the, uh, the rest of the products that we sold. So that model ended up creating a $25 million a year company by the end of year three. That's fantastic. I'm just, yes. writing, I'm just writing some of these stats down as we uh, are going through that. So now that's, yeah, that's fantastic. So the um, certification that came, did that come well, next? Was that yes. part of this business model too? Certification was not part of this business model directly because we never sold it, but we used many of the ideas that I talk about when we would bring in coaches. We had over 50 coaches. Okay. So we had an amazing, um, Stephanie Vaughn was the coaching director, manager, vice president. She was incredible. She had her systems down beautifully. She really knew how to train coaches. And so in the end, what we had was a, a team of very well-trained coaches that we could deploy to all of those people buying those home study programs. Mm -hmm. So from there, after coaching, the four free coaching sessions was over, we'd upsell them to a coaching package. Now, nice. one of the things we learned is that coaches, as hard as they try, they're not that great at selling. Mm -hmm. rare, rare coach you could really sell. <laughs> so we built a separate team called the Concierge Group. Uh, it was called Client Services. Client Services would then build relationships with all of the coaching clients just to stay in touch, be interested in their business, offer some help when they could. But at the end of the four free sessions, it was many times the client, the client relations group uh, client services group that would go and sell upsell all of our other services and we had several so that was the business model and the reason it worked so well is because we focused entirely on what the client needed and made sure to deliver it yeah no I, I love it I mean very familiar with the organization I've studied some of the like what you were saying some of the radio to the um, to the phone call to the process I've studied that in the past and thought it was really brilliant the way that you guys the way you guys did that now I, I want to diverge a little bit because you mentioned this in your book and then you just brought it up so radio yeah uh, I know you guys did a lot of radio and you know new media and media is changing so damn quickly that I know a lot of people especially people like myself who are much more adept at new media neglect radio 
Now, do you think that that is um, a really uh, big mistake to neglect radio right now? Or do you think it is kind of on the downslope? Or are you still using it? I think radio is the direct mail of the 1990s. I think think people now have basically discarded radio as a solution to marketing. And only big companies truly know how to utilize it, Mm -hmm. which is a mistake. I think radio can be used by any size company. And radio is now accessible to any size company. You could buy ads on Sirius XM on select channels for 50 or $60 an ad and get nationwide coverage. Why wouldn't you do radio? Mm. Now, the stats are that 90% of Americans are listening to the radio every week. Really? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like myself. I'm so disconnected from that world in that everything I listen to is streaming digital like i'm pulling it as opposed to just stumbling across it i don't even have broadcast i don't even have cable television it's all like netflix and hulu and itunes Mm -hmm. so it's really easy for people like myself to just discount that and think oh nobody's listening to that nobody's using it but in reality there's still a lot of people who are that's right a lot and more importantly the nature of radio has changed the ability to understand our markets has gotten much better. And by the way, the things that you call radio of the past are had been redefined as well. Most radio has a streaming service. Most, mm-hmm. uh, most terrestrial stations now have streaming services. When I say radio, I also mean things like Pandora mm-hmm. or, or CNBC or other things that years ago were not considered radio, yeah. but they are today. Now that makes a lot of sense. On the, on the, um, if somebody was going to decide to put radio as a, as a channel for themselves, and I know this is totally dependent upon their budget and their size, et cetera. But if somebody wants to start to toe in the water and commit to a campaign and say, let's try this out, if you were going to give somebody like, you know, advice to do this. Would you a like where which would you tell them to look at FM, AM, Sirius, anything like that first? And then would you also tell them that they should test out a a certain budget or b a certain time frame to get it to work? Like, what would be your thirty thousand foot advice on somebody thinking about exploring radio? Yeah, I would. I would start out with setting the objective. I would want to know what they really want to accomplish. Like, let's say leads. Let's say sure. I'm a direct response guy, so let's say leads. Okay, so let's say leads. Where do you want those leads to go? Meaning, you mean you want to, them to go to? You want to go to a web page? You want to go to a phone line? Let's say a phone line. Good. Okay, who's going to answer the phone? Uh, that would be a call center. Cool. All right, and so that call center is creating leads and dropping them into your Infusionsoft system, mm-hmm. and those leads will be followed up. Now, would you want your call center to sell them something or just simply collect the lead let's say if i was if i was just starting off and i wanted to start to test the efficacy of this channel i would want them Mm -hmm. to just collect the lead do some really basic qualification and stick them in beautiful okay so so now the question is what market are you looking for are you looking for uh, a particular ethnic market an age bracket a gender well let me give you an example let me give you a real example so i've got a client Okay. Yep. I've got a client and this this actually may be perfect for it. When I reread what you were talking about, I was like, eh, we've got to explore this. Um, so they are a service for real estate investors. Okay? okay. So for real estate investors, hire them to do all of the 
all of the seller prospecting, marketing, they outs- it's like an entire virtual back office for real estate investors. And the bottom line value proposition is, look, we get your phone to ring with sellers. And yep. you, it's pretty much hands off. So it's ideal. It's not a how to, how, to be, how to get rich in real estate. It's nothing like that. But if you are investing in real estate or trying to start and you are serious, then it is an absolute perfect place to explore. Great. So with that, we know it's a business, number one. We know it's attracting people who want to spend money on building a business, number two. Mm-hmm. And now what we need to do is look at the stations that reach that market. Yep. So we look at, for example, it's 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 a it sounds like a national offer, it not is. a regional offer. Perfect. So now we look at Sirius, Sirius XM, uh, absolutely perfect. So we go to the channels that are focused on business. Now here's an insight that costs several million dollars. Uh, <laughs> I'll PayPal. I'll PayPal you when we're done. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> any talk radio station is where you will find business buyers. So B2B can be sold on any talk radio station on Sirius, but certain stations are even better. So if you can get yourself onto um, like Fox News or CNBC or the political shows, there's a right-wing channel, a left-wing channel, forgetting the politics, both of those work equally well. Mm -hmm. At that point, you're gonna be paying anywhere from, from 50 or $60 per spot to 500 to $800 a spot, depending on when and where you want it. So at this point, we need a budget. And once you tell me what your budget number is, and it shouldn't be less than $5,000, okay. uh, at that point, we need some spots. And we don't want one spot. We want to test two, possibly three spots. Right. And then we know we want to be in drive time because that's when people are in the cars commuting. Mm-hmm. So let's say, yeah, let's say there's a $10,000 budget. Yep. And... So you would want to, when you say two or three spots, you mean like, so different shows and stations and whatnot? No, I mean actual radio ads. Okay, gotcha. So we're going to record, say, two or three different radio ads. The copy is is what you're saying. Yes. Gotcha. And we're going to have talent read that ad unless you're Tony Robbins and you can read (laughs) it yourself. And then what we're going to do is we're going to select three stations and we're going to select two or three day parts, which is when the show would run, when the ad would run. And we're going to get a separate 800 number for every spot in every station. And that's where we're going to get our analytics. Mm-hmm. Now we start running ads and we're watching our dashboard and we're looking for lead flow. And it's amazing how quickly you'll be able to, same as an internet route, uh, 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 campaign, a Facebook campaign tells you in hours. Right. Uh, same with radio. Once your ads go live uh, and it will build with radio, which is cool. So if you're getting a good response on the first couple of days, man, that, that's, that's a good tiding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with, with about a $10,000 budget, or actually let me ask you this, because we all know, those of us who know, we know that it's, it takes multiple contacts to get somebody to typically call, like one radio spot, somebody hears it once, they're, like, they're not as likely to call as if they hear it like eight times. Right. Is, has there been any good rules of thumb that you've seen in the radio market for how many how many you know spots not i guess not just copy spots but how how long it would typically take to to give it to run before you call it a, a success or a failure yes um let's again start with some basics mm-hmm. uh people don't listen to radio all day 
So what our job is is to catch people when the most or spend that money when the most people are listening. That's the first thing. The second thing is is that if somebody hears a radio ad once, a very low percentage of people will pick up the phone and call. Why? Number one, they're driving. Number two, it's the first time they heard it. Mm-hmm. It typically takes two to six impressions on the radio before somebody who's interested and who's inclined to will pick up the phone and call. No, that's what I, that's what I thought. That's actually less than I thought it would be. Have you found? Because a, a minute ago you mentioned like drive time, right? That's where yep. they're mainly listening to. But then, like you said, a lot of people are driving and listening. They don't necessarily pick up their phone and jump on it right there. So right. there seems to be a, a little bit of a conflict. But are you do, do you think that it's the drive time is still the you know the best spot for the dollar and do uh, are, are the calls to action to call to text to do anything else that you've kind of seen work better than others? Yeah, uh, uh, unless you're carpet bombing a city with radio ads, the best thing to do is always use a easy to remember 800 number, a vanity number, mm-hmm. and pick people will pick up the phone while they're driving. Remember, you could hit Siri and say dial. Most cars have digital dialing, voice dialing anyway. Yep. Did when you guys were di- I may have read this wrong. I may remember it wrong, but when you guys were doing it with breakthrough business breakthroughs or yeah, I think that's what it was, right? The um when people called the number, were they first going to a recorded message or was it going directly to somebody live? Our goal was to get it to somebody live. Right. But if we got hit with 50, 60 calls when one spot ran, then a certain number of those people are going to go to voicemail. Gotcha. Okay, and I didn't know if it was voicemail or if it started off. Maybe this wasn't you guys. Where it, I heard it started off with a um, a, vo- a recorded message that said, you know, thank you for calling, blah blah blah. And if you'd like to get this, press one. Where it would just make sure that it wasn't just people who were so scared to talk to somebody they were just trying it out. And then when they press one, it would connect them. So I didn't know if there was anything specifically. specifically it depends. On the yeah, we wanted live. We knew that we had approximately a 19% closing rate on call, on qualified callers. Great. So we wanted to get live people. I love it. Okay. No, that's this is excellent, and it's it is one of the things that I'm going to be exploring. As my as I said, my client was asking me, you know, what are some because we've been primarily doing a lot of the lead generation off Facebook and some other channels, and he was asking mm-hmm. me what I recommend for others, and I thought about radio, and that was interesting when I was kind of glancing through your book that you mentioned that. So this was very helpful. I appreciate that, Mitch. I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. So uh, back into the coaching world and um, different than traditional coaching. Uh, I want to take this to another level. It's, I've got a couple of clients. You could say they're celebrities. One is a celebrity. One is, I guess, a uh, a business celebrity, Luminary. He's uh, you know, very, very well known in very big circles and um, like, you know, the biggest of circles. So he, but he has been on the speaking circuit recently quite a bit and he has been, uh, you know, highly sought after, but he does not have officially like a coaching program business model uh, or anything like that yet. It's something we are planning out. And there's a lot of concerns such as, such as brand reputation, super important. Uh, he doesn't need to do this, so he doesn't want to overextend himself, but he does want to help the people. He wants to build an organization that uh, utilizes a lot of his 
uh, really all about personal and professional development, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been exploring this. We even ex explored the concept of certified coaches for him because he's only got so much time to do this. And he is such a luminary that, you know, when you started working with Tony, Tony was, I mean, not even arguably, he was a celebrity, especially in certain worlds, bef before you guys started to work together on business breakthroughs, right? Like he was well known from a lot of his infomercials, et cetera. Yes. So, and probably Chet, maybe to a little bit lesser degree with Chet, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cool opportunities, but there's a lot of little landmines you, you know that you have to navigate when you're dealing with somebody who's already a celebrity brand. Mm -hmm. And I actually I've been doing a lot of thought because I've got another client who is a um, a fairly well known celebrity as well who's very interested in exploring this too. And I see this as probably a a trend that has not quite taken off yet, which is where either celebrities and I'm not talking about Brad Pitt style celebrities. I'm talking about people who are either really well-known business or uh, from entertainment, world champions, and this, that, or the other are wanting to get into this, but they are trying to do it in a way that doesn't look like they're just trying to do a money grab, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. that they're trying to do it in a very integrity-based way, but also build something big and real and they're not just looking for a few extra bucks for like a lifestyle business if they're going to do it they want to do it big and right so first right. of all big first question is have you ever really worked with dealt with thought much about this whole world of working with celebrities or semi-celebrities to create this opportunity with them oh absolutely i i do that every day with my clients nice i i have client i mean one of my clients is a ex nfl football player okay we're building out his platform right now he's it's going to be it's going to be transformational for him and for the people he's involved with so and you don't have to name any names but what is the overall business model of that what's that look like well it looks like many of the business models we see but here's the difference he has a very passionate fan base mm -hmm. and he's never found a way to serve them in in his highest capacity so that's why he asked me to help and i got busy with him and we discovered many of like i told you before we do that two-hour strategy session yep. up front and we discovered many many areas where we could completely monetize what he can create so that it creates income for him and his family but more importantly it gives many more of the people who love him access so uh and this is perfect so a an nfl a former nfl player is well known what what kind of impact does he want to have like what does he want to teach like uh high performance does he want to teach anything is there anything in particular that his angle is why people would pay to learn from him well i'm not going to tell you the, the specifics of his program you don't have to uh, but but I will say this, uh, you can teach whatever is, in this individual's case, he has a particular mission, mm. a passion, and he's discovered a process that can transform others the way it's transformed him. Beautiful. And that is what we are codifying right now and creating a system by which we can deliver that to people so that they can get the same transformation and benefits that he's created for himself now is he going to offer so beyond just a i'll call it like a home study digital program is he at the moment thinking of offering more like access because that's the nicest part about you know somebody who's already got 
high credibility and status that people will pay more for access to them than the information that they have. Yes. Are you guys also exploring that, like the highest levels of, of, uh, multiple levels of great. access. Great. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what I'm exploring with uh, my clients. And just as I said, yeah. trying to navigate around a couple of those uh, things. But I do think like when you look at celebrities, I mean, we're in a really weird, you know, we're in a really interesting time right now because up until I guess social media, Facebook and Instagram, especially in order to be famous, you kind of had to be famous. Right? You had to do it the normal <laughs> way. Now you can have a million, two million, five million, whatever followers on Instagram, and you've done nothing but take photos of yourself and shared memes, and people find you funny, and you're you're Instagram influencer, and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars and paid shoutouts and everything else, and they are they have legions of fans as yep. real as any other celebrity, mm-hmm. and I it it kind of makes me wonder like if I was a celebrity who maybe I'm at the tail end of my career, maybe I haven't done anything in 10 years, and uh, but I wanna kinda come back, I'd be looking around at all these people like, who the hell are these people? Like, why are they make, getting all this attention, making all this money? Who are they? What have they ever accomplished in their lives? And I can almost see the competitive spirit coming out where they're like, no, nah, who are they to teach other people how to have success? Let, let me add them, right? So I'm starting sure. to see that. So I, I just wonder if that we're gonna see more of that and I hope so, because I mean, how cool is it that you start to see some of the top level people sharing their insights and look no further than that masterclass.com, which is now doing it, bringing in the top you mm-hmm. know, screenwriters and actors. I bought the one on Steve Martin teaches comedy. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see these super luminaries, you know, yeah. teaching. Absolutely. And I think that there's what we're seeing is that the idea of access, the idea of learning from famous people with a special gift, that idea is expanding every day. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool. You get to watch as new ideas come to the surface for how those people can can work individually almost with the masses, if you will. I mean, yes, Steve Martin's going to make some money from doing it. But at the same time, there's that feeling of I'm really helping others. Giving and back, I'm, yeah. Exactly. And that's part of what this is all about. That mission is all about giving back and finding the best way, the optimal way to do it so that it benefits everybody. Absolutely. And when you have those people who have super legitimate credentials to where they don't have to talk about them themselves, you just know who they are. It's right. like, well, obviously, because it's one, it's one thing for somebody to try to build a name for themselves. Yep. Based upon, look, my past experience and let me share all these testimonials. And, it, you know, it, it can be hard because you're competing yep. more and more against more and more people because there's so many, there's so few barriers to entry to actually being a coach. That's right. And these days, it seems like everybody coaches coaches on how to coach coaching on coaches or <laughs> coaching, right? But yep. there's there's so few people who, who actually can walk the walk, talk the talk. That's you know, by the way, why I invited you on the show today, because obviously you've got the credentials, you've done things at a very large scale. And uh, kind of going back to the topic of your book, um, the invisible, the invisible organization, right? Yep. So one of the things you talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the business breakthroughs with Chet and Tony, that was, would you say $25 million? And didn't you say that you ran that from your home office and you had how many employees and they were all virtual? We didn't have many employees at all, maybe or, two or three. But we had staff. Staff. And, and they were, yes, every one of us 
who worked for the org, not every, but most of us who worked for the organization, we worked as vendors to the company. So we would submit an invoice and our invoice would get paid for services rendered. And as a vendor, any of us, including me, could have been fired at any time uh, and replaced because that's the status that, that makes sense for a company like this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were about 300 strong and we had people in, I don't know, 18 countries, I guess. That's fantastic. Yeah. It can be a lot to manage too, I'm sure, but that's why you build the right infrastructure and people and monitoring systems. Exactly. Without the systems and and without the talent, the key talent that we brought into the company, none of that would have been possible. Right. How did you, um, just kind of jumping back, I just kind of had this thought. How, what was the genesis of your relationship with Tony and Chet to where, um, you know, you started the conversations about business breakthroughs, you know, what was, what was the start of your relationship with them? Well, that, that re- my relationship with Chet went back to my software company days nice. and Chet was a salesman calling on me, trying to sell me ad space. <laughs> That's and great. I became I became one of his what what he would call a, a a dream 100 client. Okay. So Chet would make a list of the top clients he wanted, and he would call those his dream 100 clients. Mm-hmm. And that's a concept we would teach. So when you build a dream 100 client list, you then know that you could spend far more to reach them than you would any other client because you know the return is so large. Right. Whale so hunting, I, basically. Exactly. And I was one of those to chat. So when that took place, he made an extreme effort, you might say, to reach me. And I was impressed with his persistence and I was impressed with his knowledge of the marketplace and his ability to basically offer me different ways of using his tools to, to get my message out. Eventually, it took a year Eventually, I relented, if you will, and I advertised, <laughs> and it was so successful that we then became, and that's how we built a lifelong friendship. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and oh. we were friends for all of those years, and I, although it's it was bittersweet, I was there the day before he passed away. I had oh, the man. last conversation with him before he died. Really? Wow. Yeah, that what was that 2000 was it 12? 11. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. It was jeez, I think it was 11. Yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, it kind of seems like yesterday. I never knew the man, but I'd studied a lot of his stuff and I, I remember when it happened. I was like, "Wow, it kind of shook a lot of the community of people who did. just really really respected him and the value that he's added to the market." Absolutely. He, 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 yeah, he added a lot. Mitch, as a as an entrepreneur yourself, as a, you know, CEO, what what are some of the areas that you that you consider yourself weakest in a lot of people say, yeah, what's your superpower? I like to say, you know, what, what are some of the areas that you've found that look, I'm not good at this aspect. I don't like this. This is where I need to hire partner or, you know, just completely eliminate because we've all got our strengths. We've all got the stuff we either suck at or we hate or we hate and suck at it. What are some (laughs) of those areas of yours? I got lots of them. Oh yeah. We all, we, we usually have a lot more than we have on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I frankly couldn't make a Facebook ad work if you <laughs> took a gun and, and made me try. So I need help there. And I, and I, you know, I have a Facebook guy that I like now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's, I know how to do 
back-end work on on websites, but I have a you know someone far more competent than me to do it. So a lot I don't of the like technical stuff. It. Yeah, yeah, and I have a great VA who helps me with the social media stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just want to focus on where I have the highest value. What do you think that is? Basically, um, helping people, and and I do it the way I talked about with on a one-to-one basis. But Brad, I I have a secret project I'm unveiling soon. Do you mm. want me to tell you about it? I do. Secret project alert. Now, people. now you you're not going to tell anybody, are you? Not a single soul. Okay, good. So one of the things that we did at BBI is we actually offered all of our clients the chance to work with an accountability partner, and we charged eighteen hundred dollars a month or a CEO to get 30 minutes a week with an accountability partner. And it was a very successful program. Well, you said you charged them how much? $1,800 a month. Wow, nice. And what, I mean, the justification was is that's less than the cost of a secretary. Mm-hmm. And that CEO would never let a secretary keep them accountable. Right, yeah. So we had a, a pitch and it made sense and people bought it. And it worked for a while and it worked well. So recently, I'm with a group of my internet marketer friends, and everybody is complaining about the fact that they've sold a lot of programs, but they have less than 8 to 12% of the people who've completed those programs. Oh, and I'll bet it's only like 20% who've even started the program, right? It's, it's terrible. That's execution of that is such a, such a nightmare in the industry. Well, what would, I, what would you do if I told you that I think I solved the problem? Well, wow, that's like a, one of the holy grails in this industry. That's right. And I'm filing patents on it right now, but I'm going to tell you about it. Beautiful. So here's what it is. And the reason I'm going to tell you about it is because I'm going to release it in the next 30 days. I have built a, a peer-to-peer platform, a software-as-a-system SaaS-based platform, where people can meet and set up accountability sessions with, between each other. And I have some uh, very powerful matching algorithms that I've developed. I've built a very highly carefully crafted interactive system where people can be on the phone and on the computer at the same time working together. I've built dashboards to keep track of statistics so that we know whether this accountability coaching is working. And I'm bundling this all into a system that's going to cost less than $97 a month. Wow. And once you become a member, you have unlimited access to as many accountability partners as you like. You'll have a membership, uh, a private group where you can get education ongoing in areas that you want. There'll be all kinds of guests, brilliant geniuses like yourself coming and presenting to this group. So this to me is my dream. This is how I could help the most people I could possibly help. I love that. Accountability is such a key driver. And it's one of those things that when I've had accountability partners in my own business, I've done a lot better. And when I've let it go, I haven't. And you know, it's so easy to cheat on ourselves, right? It's so easy to because we rationalize everything. Maybe it's accountability about working out. Maybe it's accountability about getting projects done that we're working on. And we're like, well, if, especially if we're our own boss, and there's nobody to hold, you know, you, like you said, you're not going to have one of your underlings, um, one of the peasants who work for you, <laughs> I'm joking, uh, <laughs> hold you accountable because that's also just weird. And they're not going to hold you accountable the way they should because yep. th- their paycheck depends on it and they don't want to piss you off. So, th- yeah, this is uh, this is strong. I love that. And it's so is this something that 
Okay, obviously people can buy it and they can come straight to you, but are you, do you have plans to integrate it into other people's programs whereby, let's say I've got a big coaching program or I've got some something like that and I want to uh, utilize your service to facilitate the accountability platform for my stuff? Absolutely. That's exactly my plans. My plans are to work with many of the thought leaders like yourself and have you introduce my program to your clients. And and this way, what you end up with is happier clients who will buy more from you if they right. consume and benefit from your materials. Right. And that's the key. All the, And you know, a lot of times people don't need to even get all the benefits that you promise from your program. If they get any benefits at all, that's any right. benefits at all, they will come back and buy more because there's so many times that they buy stuff they don't get any benefits from. And it just, you know, it's the program of the month and then they're on to something else but if they started to get results they could start focusing on the on that and come back and buy more and more so now i think that's fantastic so you're launching in 30 days and i'm sure you'll share with me a link so i can release it on your show notes here so everybody who's listening right now ideally uh and i definitely have some enough in the in the pipeline where i can release this once you have actually created it so mm -hmm. Um, unless there's a link you want to share, I can just say, hey, guys, check the show notes in the, yep. for the podcast, and there will be a link right there for Mitch's accountability uh, program. That's fantastic. What, yeah, um, what's a nut you're trying to crack right now? And I mean, by that, I mean, what's, it could be a person you're trying to meet, a skill you're trying to master, money you're trying to raise, uh, a business initiative that you're trying to get done. Is there anything that can help jog my brain or my listeners brains to go, Oh man, I, I may be able to help Mitch here. Sure. I am looking for an operations person. I'm looking for a person who could, who, who has the kind of breadth of business experience where I can train rapidly, have them step in and run my operations. Right. I mean, I, I am at a point now where I really need to focus as much as I can on my highest level of deliverables, which is still working with a select few private clients, building out my platform and expanding it rapidly so that it can help as many people as possible. I love that. Have you ever have you ever read the book by the any chance uh, Rocket Fuel? No. So I interviewed the author of that or one of the co-authors, Mark Winters, on my show. And so Rocket Fuel is an amazing book. And guys, the a link to the book will be in the show notes as well. And it's the concept that, you know, it's between the visionary, what he calls the visionary and the integrator. And the integrator right. is just his other word for operator. And how, you know, a lot of CEOs have operations managers and a lot of times the relationship doesn't work out. It's, a, it's two things. When you've got the right combination of personality traits, but and there, you follow the right framework for working together, it becomes like rocket fuel. And mm -hmm. to go a little bit further, it you know he even has some personality tests to say how much of a visionary are you, how much of an integrator, and you know here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses here, and it really is amazing how the integrator loves to do the stuff you hate to do, and vice versa, and the framework for the for the um, dynamic between you and your integrator, even if they work for you, has to be one in which. They have equal or sometimes greater say in what gets done than you do. So like, mm -hmm. I'm a high visionary and a relatively low integrator. 
So I may come and give what he calls organizational whiplash to the company. I've got this new idea. I just talked to Mitch. We're going to go do radio ads, right? That would be a <laughs> perfect example. I just got off this podcast. Okay, stop everything. We're going to do this. The integrator's role would then be just like, okay, give me all the information. Let me go map it out, an execution plan. Let me see if the company has enough resources to do this without derailing us. And I'll come back and Brad, I'll either give you the green light or the red light or the, or the not yet light on this. And as a visionary, I have to be willing to acquiesce that control and say, okay, because you've got what's best for the company. So he just he goes into detail about that and just how it's, it's one thing to find them. It's another thing to have the framework for the relationship. And I, I just love the book because I am such in need of the same thing in my life. So you'll get my second choice. <laughs> I'll refer him to you. Excellent. If I Excellent. find somebody, but that's great. Yeah. Yep. It's great. Highly recommend that book though. The, um, that's fantastic. So Mitch, where else can people, if people want to go down the rabbit hole that is Mitch Russo, where can we send them? Besides obviously your book, The Invisible Organization, which I recommend, um, your website is mitchrusso.com. You've got a great podcast called uh, Your First Thousand Clients, correct? Correct. Fantastic. So there's a lot of places people can go. Is mitchrusso.com the best jumping off point to learn more, to get in contact, to find out what you're offering? It is. MitchRusso.com is where you can uh, both uh, see and subscribe to the podcast, listen to episodes. It's where I have over 60 business blog articles, which uh, I, I refer to with my clients all the time. Uh, it's also the place where you will see all of my initiatives. I have a, another site called uh, MyPowerTribe.com, which describes the entire uh, certified consultant program, and that also is accessible from MitchRusso.com. Perfect. Yeah, I highly recommend everybody go check that out. I know I will be when we jump off the phone. Uh, last couple questions, Mitch. Is there is there anybody that right now you turn to when you need either advice, especially when it comes to business-related things, uh, advice? Uh, a sounding board, somebody to brainstorm with, somebody that you just really, really trust? Because, I mean, you've got such high-level relationships with people like Tony and, and other folks that uh, I'm just curious on who do you go to when you need Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I have my own kitchen cabinet. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the people who can sit around the kitchen table with me and brainstorm. I, I mean, just to make it clear, I have a coach, uh, and I work with my coach regularly. It, it, my coach is invaluable to me for both mindset issues and rational reflection on these crazy thoughts and ideas <laughs> that I have. <laughs> I feel you. So, I mean, it's, it's a great relationship we have. Uh, and then I have a, a, a basically a circle of friends fra, from people who are just luminaries to other smart operators who nobody's ever heard of. Right. So I Love think it. it's important to spread your network as, as widely and as as deeply as possible. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's the exact reason that I started to do this show was for access and influence. And that term, I throw that term around a lot, but it's, it actually goes much deeper because access has more to do than just with access to people. I mean, if you don't have access to, to money, to loving friends and support, supportive family and everything else like that, if you don't have access to education and skills and you know, safety, you don't, you don't have anything. But if you can build access to them, whether you own it or you can borrow the access and you can build influence with other people who can help you get more access, it just becomes such a compounding effect. And it's, as I said, it's one of the reasons, the primary reasons I started this podcast was so that I can 
have access to influential people and have these conversations that can help, you know, me compound my growth. So I appreciate you for being a part of that. And I, I've taken a lot from this, what I was going to call it an episode, but this qualifies as an episizzle. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, we're, we're both doing the same thing for the same reasons. My podcast to me is, 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 it's a sacred ground the way I think about it. It's the place where I get to build those kinds of relationships that you described. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you right now, if I never ever shared a single episode, it's worth it would it. be absolutely worth every minute and dollar I spend on it. Yeah, I, I say all the time, even if my mom was the only one listening to this, I would still do it. Although, um, <laughs> although I will say one of the frustrating parts, so I've been in the business for about 10 years in the information marketing business. And uh, I remember back then when access to information like this, access to these interviews was so hard to get that, uh, I mean, it was a lot of times it was somebody's back end offer. Like you would get right. a CD of the month, like an interview. I remember one of the first guys I saw doing this with was Evan Pagan with his dating advice business, yep. Double Your Dating. And he had, what was it, interviews with dating gurus for yep. 20 bucks a month. And it was quite literally a podcast mm -hmm. just like this. And one of the things I love about in this new media is it allows us to get out there and to build this name. But one of the things I hate is it cannibalized an entire <laughs> profit center. I mean, now interviews are a dime a dozen. Good interviews are not, however. Good mm -hmm. interviews are not. But uh, I've kind of always found that interesting that this is the kind of stuff that we used to sell for you know, a back-end offer. <laughs> sure. But don't, don't forget, we've really moved. I mean, That's we've true. evolved. Now information is basically free and implementation is what costs money. Absolutely. And that's the better way to do it. I would rather share everything I know and publish it freely on my website. Not so much because I think people are going to go off and do it on their own. It's because it helps people understand me better. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And it's, it's where I've moved as well. So uh, Mitch, I want to thank you very much for being a, a guest on the show today. This is great. By the way, where do you live? I don't even know that. I'm right outside of Boston. Okay. So we are on the other side of the country. I'm here in San Diego. So oh, nice. um, yeah, my my winter is uh, still not around the corner. Yours is probably starting to get cold up there already, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Even though it's 70 degrees here today. But wow. yeah. Global warming. <laughs> it is real. It. Uh, thanks a lot, Mitch. Hey, to all my listeners, guys, if you appreciated this, the single best thing you can do besides leaving me a review on the old iTunes machine is share the this episode with your friends. Share it on social media and tag me in the Tag me, tag Mitch, both of us, uh, when you're sharing it and let us know that you appreciate it. You know, we uh, both took time out of our day to do this. Obviously, we would have done it, as we just said, even if you weren't listening, but the fact that you are and if you got something out of it, if you took notes, if you got something great, uh, share it. Share it with other people who deserve to, to see it. And as I said, tag us in it. Remember, I told you that I would uh, give you that email that you can reach me at the end of the show again. You can do that at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Uh, you can think of anything. If you can't think of anything, just do this. Send me a book recommendation, a business, a personal development book, a book that's changed your life, and just say, Brad, this is a book I, I read. I think you'd love it as well, and I, I appreciate that. And if I, if I end up picking it up and reading it, I will give you a shout out on the show. Once more, Mitch, thanks again for being a guest on Bacon Rat Business, and you guys, stay tuned for the next episode.